Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1582. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. I'm revved up and so excited to share with you today a very special guest by the name of Jason Wenning. He's calling in from beautiful Dania Beach, Florida, although he says today uh, there's a bit, little bit of a what we call a gator NATO going on there. It's a little bit of a storm with the alligator flying through the sky, but I think we're going to be okay. Jason Wenning is the founder and owner of The Creative Workshop, one of the top restorers of classic cars and builders of coach-built specials. His business is known for for and regularly entrusted with rare, exotic, and prototype vehicles. He and his team have built several bespoke cars and completely rebodied automobiles as well. His company has garnered multiple awards and been featured in print, radio, and television, and he is a member of numerous automotive associations, clubs, and groups. Jason was awarded a Top 20 Auto Restorers by Sports Car Market Magazine in 2018 and the Master Craftsman Award by the America's Automotive Trust LeMay Museum for Outstanding Contributions to preserving America's rich automotive heritage in 2019. We'll be back in just a minute to talk with Jason, but first a word from our valued sponsors that make things possible. So hang on, put your helmet on for those Gator Nados, and we'll be right back. Did you know Covercraft is much more than car covers? They offer protection for the inside of your vehicles too. Sunscreens to keep your vehicles cool and protected from the sun's damaging UV rays, dash pads that do the same so your dash stays looking new without all those ugly cracks and fading. The seat covers that are easily removed for washing are awesome, but it's their custom fit floor mats that I really love. Is your vehicle getting a little long in tooth? Well, there's no better way to give it a new car look than with a custom fit floor mat and trunk mat. I replace mine every few years with something a little different, contrasting just to have some fun. It stops that urge to buy a new car, and more importantly, it protects the factory carpets so when it's time to sell your vehicle, it looks brand new. They're easy to clean, they secure to the floor for safety, and they look oh so good. Don't forget your trunk, too. Custom-fit trunk liners for sedans, coupes, and SUVs are perfect protection for the factory carpets from all those things that can stain and damage the floor of your vehicles. Check out Covercraft.com for a huge number of styles, colors, and options that'll make you smile. And I've got a deal for you. If you use the code YAH120, that's Y-E-A-H-120 at Covercraft.com, you get 10% off your Covercraft order. So go to Covercraft.com today and use the code YAH120 at checkout. Tell them Mark sent you. That's Covercraft.com. Covercraft, they've got you covered. So what do you do after running a race team for 27 years with over 100 podiums, multiple Daytona wins, and a win at Le Mans? Well, if you're a racer and the Racers Group team owner, Kevin Buckler, you found Adobe Road Winery. Located in Petaluma, California, he and his team have created a winning combination with the Racing Series, four ultra-premium red wine blends that are in a class of their own. Like racing... These wines comprise of art, precision, engineering, science, all wrapped in a whole lot of fun. You can choose from four blends titled Redline, Apex, Shift, 
and the 24. Today, I'm going to talk about the 24. This wine earned 91 plus points from Robert Parker's Wine Advocate. It's a dark, spicy, and velvety blend with ripe blue and black fruits and very smooth tannins. The label features a three-dimensional full metal chronograph in a bright gold finish that pays homage to the Daytona Rolex winners receive at Le Mans. The racing series is a fantastic gift for the ultimate enthusiast in your life. And I've got a deal for you today. If you use the code CARSYEAH, all one word, all in caps, when you're at the adoberoadwinery.com checkout, you get $10 off any purchase of wines from the racing series. Your wine ships promptly and arrives quickly right at your door. Use the code CARSYEAH at checkout to get $10 off your purchase of the racing series today. There's always a seat at the table for excellence with the racing series. Go to Adobe Road Wines today and use the code CARSYEAH at checkout. Cheers! Hey Jason, welcome to CARSYEAH. Are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Absolutely. Fuel pump is ticking away and ready to hit ignition. <laughs> I love it. Now, Jason and I met a while back at LeMay Museum. We were there for an RPM Foundation event. That's where we got to know each other, which was a really fun evening that I got to be a part of. And I went, you know what? I got to get you on the show because what you're doing is absolutely spectacular. And before we jump into what you're doing, I'm going to ask you a question here. What do most people not know about you, Jason? Wow, great question. First of all, Mark, absolute pleasure to be here. You're a legend, and I'm just honored to be able to share some time with you at this point. Well, thank Fantastic. you. That's so. very kind of you. Absolutely. Well, I'll keep this, um, my goodness, I'll keep this car-specific, I guess. Well, I don't know. It's up to you. Should I keep it car-specific or just life-specific? Whatever you'd like, Jason. This is all about you and your life. So you could go cars, you could go life, whatever you want to do. Well, okay, so I'll keep it car-related. Uh, something that's really interesting is one of the things that transferred me from a civilian car guy into a professional car guy was a New York City stint with a dot-com at the forefront of the revolution where people could buy things online. Mm. And we uh, worked with top fuel dragster teams and uh, top alcohol teams, and I sponsored a wonderful guy named uh, Don Lampus Jr., who was a off-road legend. Oh, yeah. And uh, I'm sitting here at my desk. And I have a 6,000-horsepower top-fuel dragster piston on my desk given to me by the crew chief oh, cool. from way back in my previous life. Very, very cool stuff. Yeah. Well, that's fascinating. I love it when people have worked in a different career, different life, and then they transition to a pure passion for you. It's cars and restoring cars and the kind of cars you guys work on, you and your team. Oh, my gosh. We're talking about serious, serious stuff here. Let's uh, let's start here with a success quote or a mantra, some kind of saying that's been perhaps instrumental in forming your success in life or your business or both. It's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on cars. Yeah. So, Jason, grab the wheel. Fantastic. Well, I'm actually kind of a quote kind of a guy, and I'm a little bit of a philosopher, an amateur philosopher. Nice. So I actually have a couple of things. I have this whiteboard behind my desk, and it changes from time to time. But there are, a couple, there are three things which I have written down there that have stayed and prolonged further than the rest. One is embrace the chaos, and I'll explain that briefly. And then the other is a great quote by John Stewart. It says, do what you love, get good at it. Competence is a rare commodity in this day and age. And these are some Things which, when you run a business or when you run a business in the restoration world, really ring true. And, but really truthfully, if you ask me for my one mantra, quite simply, which is also written on the board in very bold letters, plus one, minus one. And anybody who knows me knows that probably more so than anything else, I have said that to people, plus one and minus one. Quite simply put, no matter how good things get, 
hubris. Remember, someone's doing better, or there's more room to grow, or there's something else you can learn. But very much importantly, minus one. When things are looking bad, when things hit in the fan, remember, this too shall pass. There is always a brighter side. And very importantly, remember, there's probably somebody out there who's got it a lot tougher than you. So just buck up, toughen up, and get right back on the treadmill and keep going. Oh, I love this. You know, and it's, it's very uh, appropriate for these times. This pandemic that we've had to deal with here has certainly put a lot of people back on their heels and caused a lot of havoc and, uh, and taken lives and just created a huge problem for everybody. Has it affected you and your business, or have you guys been able to continue to do what you do? We've been very, very fortunate. And yes, to that point, and then, and then, you know, again, maybe I'm a hard charger or whatnot, uh, but I'm very compassionate. I understand. But we, we have to be brave in these moments. You know, we have to remember who we are, and especially as Americans, we are a very proud, strong, incredible people that when we get pushed, we rally together. So I know that there's a lot of fear being thrown out there, but there's always going to be something. And I love the idea of that American spirit, the idea that we can't meet to anymore, and now we're all Zooming, and we reinvented <laughs> ourselves. So, yes. so, so, these are, so these are these are times that I think we grow from. Not, not that we want to be these times, but you gotta, you got to grow, grow into it. So right. we specifically, we've been very, very fortunate. As our company is licensed, we are on the exempt list, so we never had to shut down. Believe it or not, one of my guys actually did contract it. We sent him home, obviously, immediately. He did just fine, and he's back working for weeks and weeks now. Nice. And our ability to circumvent the landscape, you know, we're very good at what we do. So, so yes, there are some suppliers that are a little late and a little slow and a couple of guys that have been shut down. Yeah. We are capable enough to circumvent a minefield, and we have been very, very busy and working hard. So it's odd because inside of our facility, it's as busy as it's ever been. You walk outside of the facility, and it's a ghost town, and it's a little spooky. But, you know, again, yeah. now we're on to phase one, and things are coming back. So there's a sense of normalcy returning. And, again, I can't say it enough how fortunate we've been to be able to work through these very, very challenging times. Well, I'm happy to hear that. Well, let's talk about what you guys do there in your shop, because I know you work on some incredible automobiles. When you and I met at LeMay, you shared a little bit with me of the kind of work that you guys do. And having been on many Concours fields and been around a lot of cars, uh, this is a very, very special place and aptly titled The Creative Workshop. So tell our listeners more about the services you provide, the kind of things you do, and maybe a couple of the cars you're working on that you can talk about. Absolutely. You know, even to this day, I've been doing this for 19 years now in this facility, and there are days when I walk in here and I cannot believe how fun, awesome, privileged I am to be doing what I'm doing. <laughs> I don't know if you've fully ever seen all the pictures, but I operate or we operate out of a basically a hundred-year-old barn with exposed wood floors and beams. And on those floors are some of the most remarkable, iconic vehicles the world has ever seen. So it's a little bit like Willy Wonka's chocolate factory where, <laughs> holy moly, this is a job, you know. And now the job can be very, very challenging and difficult, but yeah. most jobs can be difficult at times. So at least I get to play with cars, you know. Yes. Not many corporate jobs like my previous world in New York City allows me to fire up a 12-cylinder Ferrari and go for a ride when I'm having a really bad <laughs> Probably day. Probably not, Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely not. So the creativity element of it is something that I really sort of revel in or relish. Um, and that is, uh, you know, a lot of people or some, some companies, they specialize in a particular mark. And I understand why they would do that. From my perspective, we are what we call a multi-mark facility. We support our clients. And our clients usually, maybe it's our personality, we attract eclectic collections. Mm -hmm. So if a person 
falls in love with a 60s sports car or a 20s nickel car or a teen's breast error car, they know they can trust us and they know we are passionate about the research and the forensic nature of our work. So they can literally buy anything. I've had clients bring me buckets of parts and say, this is a car. Build a car. Here you go. I'm like, what is that? It's a car, really. And they know we could, they know they're not going to be scared. The buck stops here. So at any given moment on our floor, we have almost every error from every nationality and every style you can possibly imagine. Right now, if you walked in our facility, and what's interesting also is that as we all get older, which is hard to at first digest, but it's real, yeah. our cars are getting newer. So where we would never see anything past the 60s, now we're starting to see 70s and 80s, you know, you know but mm-hmm. still anchored in true restoration. So if it's a 70s or 80s car, it's a spectacular vehicle, like the Lamborghini Countach, which is here right now. Oh, nice. But when you walk through the field or through the floor, right now I've got a 3.5 Mercedes-Benz Cabriolet, you know, the, the, the V8 oh, yeah. uh, Mercedes-Benz, the monster. Yeah. A Seattle Auto Vu, an eight-cylinder Seattle race car. Oh, my god! A Lamborghini 400 GT. Hans Stuck's Nürburgring-winning BMW 2002 from 1973. Oh, my god! Split-window Corvette. Iso Grifo. Aston Martin DB6. Aston Martin DB4. Ferrari Daytona. I can go on and on. Oh, man. I, I'm all, I'll pinch myself. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm sitting here going, oh, my gosh. Now, I knew this about you, but uh, I know for the listeners, they're sitting there now, their ears are perked up. Like, what? Uh, yeah. And, you know, I love this uh, this whole thing, and I read a little bit about you where I think it was your wife uh, found that old barn that you guys are in and decided that's when you decided this was a new career path for you. But I love the fact that where you are is this old reused space. You take cars, reinvigorate them, restore them, make them new again. Uh, This whole story is a classic tale for uh, cars, yeah, inspiring automotive enthusiasts who've chased their passions and are doing it. So I'm really proud of what you created there. How long have you guys been in business doing this? So August will be going into our 19th year. Wow. I can't believe it either. Well, for a lot of listeners out there, you go, well, you know, you're just famous and spectacular and brilliant all the time, but you had to start somewhere. And that's a a testament. I know that the restoration business, it is not an easy business. And many people who are restoration experts, fabricators, designers, painters think, oh, I'll go into business. But there's a whole other side to restoration and it's called business. Let's talk a little bit about a challenge perhaps you've faced along the way, something that kind of set you back, maybe something unexpected. Take us on that journey, but more importantly, what did you learn from it so that you could succeed and be profitable and successful as you came out of that situation? So take us on a little trip here, Jason. Sure. Well, Mark, I could tell you this. I was raised in a sort of fashion where you earn something, okay? You don't ever ask. You work hard. You fight for it. You dedicate yourself. And as many accolades as you and I so appreciate or anyone else might want to give to us, I really can't reinforce or stress enough how hard and how much tenacity has been required of me specifically to get to where we are right now, which if you ask me where I am, my answer is going to be, I don't know where we're at. I fight for this every single day. <laughs> yeah. And this goes back to my quote, plus one, minus one, and all these other wonderful things that I kind of uh, anchor myself to. Sure. This is a tough business. Business is tough in general. And it seems like every single day, there's another challenge, uh, if not multiple times a day. So that positive attitude that this too shall pass, that just keep fighting and doing the right thing. Now, for me personally, I really do believe in doing the right thing. I don't believe that I always have to be the winner. In many instances, when you're in a situation where it's on the fence, I'd rather lose the battle 
and win the overall war than to have to win on every single occurrence. Mm. And that creates a certain level of peace and control. Now, you asked me about challenges. I, I'm not going to go into so much specific, but to bear my soul in a really kind of in, a, in an open format, probably one of the worst situations I've been through was not that long ago where I had an individual that I had hired here that was not a very good person. And he basically caused a great deal of turmoil within my company mm. and almost caused it to fold. Wow. He stole the client, a major client, and caused a lodger and, and, and basically told lies about me. And, and, and the reason why I'm not going to go too much deeper, because it really is a very challenging thing, yeah. but I can't stress it enough. And that is, from a business owner's perspective, what you learn from going through from something like that. And I'll tell you really probably the biggest takeaway. It reinvigorated my love of my business. Mm. Because I allowed it to happen, and I take full responsibility as the captain of the ship for allowing it to happen. And the reason why it happened was because I felt that this person could do better than me, or that I was really tired. And just one more little quick comment, I don't want to go into it too deeply, but this was also coming off of 2008, 2009, oh, gosh, yeah. when the global econ economy fell apart, yeah. and it started here in Florida. And I went through some very, very tough times, like most businesses did. Very, very tough times. And when I came out of it, I was very, very tired. And I did not know whether or not I could carry on. Mm. So I felt if I brought in a strong manager, he could help me do this yeah. and get through it. And so I gave up my love and I turned it into a business. Mm. And he took advantage of me and took advantage of the situation. And it almost fell apart. Wow. And the takeaway and the learning from that was when faced, it's easy to say I'm tired, but when you're faced with the loss, I was completely and totally reinvigorated. If I'm going to shut this business down, I'm doing it on my terms. <laughs> right, yeah. No one's going to do this. I'm going to do it my own way. Yeah. And I woke up the next morning and faced the challenges, would not let myself get to minus two, and I built my business back up day by day. And since then, we have grown every single month and every single corner since the moment that this person was thrown out of here. Wow. Well, thanks for taking us on a really painful journey. Let me ask you this, because for those listeners out there, and I'll tell you, if you've ever run a business, you've run into this with associates, employees, whatever you like to call them that are not right fit for your business. I've dealt with it many, many times in company I ran for 20 plus years, and it is a drain. Uh, what did you learn from that? Were there signs that you perhaps ignored early because for whatever reason, or was a complete rug getting pulled out from under that later you went, oh, I should have seen that? What's a little takeaway here that maybe a listener who might be going through the same challenge with somebody that they could learn from so they don't let it get too far down the road? Absolutely. Well, there are elements of both of that. There are elements of I saw it and I ignored it, and there are elements of where I can't believe it happened, pulled under my rug. My, my one takeaway would be this. One of the greatest skill sets I believe that an owner or leader, okay, even if it's a manager, a leader can have is intuition and gut. <laughs> and it yeah. takes a long time to trust your gut. A lot of times the gut's there, but you don't, you don't trust it immediately. So you just carry on. Yep. And... The one real hardcore look myself in the mirror, blame myself for allowing this to happen was when my gut was telling me something, I did not listen to it. Yeah. Shame on me. Yep. So my advice would be is trust, learn how to develop your gut 
and then learn how to trust your gut and act on it quicker. Ah, you know, brilliant words right there. And and I love the first part of it. Learn how to trust your gut. And that comes with time, comes with maturity. It comes with knowledge. It comes with learning. It comes with surrounding yourself with really strong mentors and business professionals who can help you learn to trust that gut. But yeah, act on it because I can tell you from my experiences as well, uh, when things don't feel right, they're not right. They're not right. (laughs) Yeah. And I had somebody tell me once, it's one thing to realize there's a problem. It's quite another to take action about it. This is difficult stuff. It really is. Yeah, it is. And it involves people and you want to have compassion and empathy for people. You want to trust people. You want to be a cynical type person, but there's some times where it's just not right. So thanks for, for taking us on a valuable lesson there. Let's take a short break. We'll catch our breath. And when we come back, we're going to talk about Jason's passion for automobiles. So stay buckled up. We'll be right back. My favorite collector car magazine is Keith Martin's Sports Car Market. I've been a subscriber for decades. Sports Car Market is the Wall Street Journal for enthusiasts and collectors. It's your monthly must-read. Whether you dream of owning a collector car, maybe you have two, or maybe you've got 200. Sports Car Market has been around for 31 years, and it's filled with valuable articles, intelligent write-ups, and the latest auction sales. Go to sportscarmarket.com and subscribe today. And don't miss my weekly podcast with Keith Martin titled Buy, Sell, Hold. It's the essence of collecting. We talk to the movers and shakers in the collector car world. Here's a couple deals I have for you just for listening here on Cars Yeah. If you use the checkout code Cars Yeah, you'll receive a 50% discount on your digital subscription at Sports Car Market. That's an exclusive offer from Cars Yeah. And guess what? Here's another deal. If you'd like to get the actual magazine, use the code BSH for buy, sell, hold. That's code BSH. And you'll get $10 off your annual print subscription. That's right, $10 off. Both of these are exclusive offers here at Cars Yeah for Sports Car Market Magazine. Just go to sportscarmarket.com and get your deals today. Let's step away from the conversation to talk about our charity of choice here at Cars Yeah, America's Automotive Trust. America's Automotive Trust is a group of like-minded nonprofits that are working together to preserve and promote car culture across the country. Together, they provide scholarships and grants to aspiring technicians and restoration artists. They provide youth education programs and bring communities together through automotive-related events, car shows, and drives. Among those nonprofits is RPM Foundation, a terrific organization working to keep our favorite collector cars on the road. RPM was created to ensure that the specialized skills needed to care for classic automobiles, boats, and motorcycles continue to be passed down from generation to generation. They do this by supporting training for young people with a passion for restoration and setting them up with mentors who can share their valuable knowledge. So far, they've awarded more than $3.5 million to restoration education projects across 35 states. Incredible! To learn more about RPM or to donate to their mission, visit www.rpm.foundation. You'll be glad you did. All right, Jason, we're back. I'd love for you to share a story with us that instigated this passion that you have for the automobile, a pivotal moment in your life when you knew, you know what, I'm a car guy. I'm not a desk jockey. Absolutely. Well, I could tell you that, first of all, I grew up as an absolute, you know, 
grease monkey, so to speak, where if my mother left me alone in the house for more than five minutes, I'd take apart the washing machine and short out <laughs> the house. So it's not like I got hit by a lightning strike at 30. I, I grew up with nuts. and I, I remember stories of my mom saying I would walk around the house at four years old with nuts and bolts in my pocket. So nice. this is an affliction, okay? <laughs> I could tell you probably the moment that this really clicked in. I was probably 15 years old, and I'm watching TV, and there's this remarkable commercial that came on from Maxell audio tapes. You know, remember those tape things you put into a cassette player? Yeah. And there's this group of young people in this vehicle, and they're driving by like on an Arizona highway, and the vehicle flies by, and they're jamming to music, and the person in the car's perspective, they're looking at this car drive by, is like listening to the radio, and you hear the music go by, and it's supposed to be this emotional moment where freedom and fun and music are all interconnected. I looked at that vehicle going by, and my jaw hit the ground. It was a, well, I didn't know what the, what the time of what it was, but it was a Ford Bronco. And to put this in perspective, this is the time where there was no such thing as DVRs. It was VHS. And I spent the next week watching that same channel during that same period of time with the VCR on, waiting to record that commercial so I could figure out what that vehicle was. <laughs> I was smitten. Yeah. When I finally captured the commercial on VHS, I then analyzed it, went to the store, bought every single magazine the world could possibly imagine until I figured out what that car was. And from that moment forward, I realized that this was a lot deeper than just a mild passing. And I was always raised as a truck person. I've always been a truck person. It is sort of a thing with me. I also am a big station wagon guy as well. I'm an underdog kind of guy. Yeah. And um, that probably was that zing moment that we've all had when you see that vehicle and you realize that these cars have souls and it's a great deal more than a means of transportation. And I could definitely see a portion of my life being dedicated to this forever. A portion became 100%, but that took time and evolution and a lot of other steps that got me to this point. Yeah, very cool. And how easy we have it today. Snap a picture with your phone, do a Google match, and you know exactly <laughs> what you just saw. So, uh, yeah, kiddos yeah. out there, you don't know how hard it was back when we were young. Uh, it <laughs> took, stuff I had to do. <laughs> it took some work. Well, let's talk about a first special vehicle for you, a vehicle that you finally got that had great meaning for you. Maybe you saved up for it. Maybe some something you always wanted, or if you want to talk about the first really amazing car you restored, whatever that might be, take us on a little ride here. Well, I'll tell you, I'll kind of continue on the theme of trucks and whatnot. So I am a truck person. I really do love my trucks. It's kind of my thing. Mm -hmm. And um, if you know anything about Land Rover Defenders, they were only made in the United States for one year, and the rest has always been done overseas. And they're magical vehicles. And, you know, if the Smithsonian wants to go into the Peruvian jungle to uncover a temple, they bring a bunch of defenders, and they throw them into the jungle, and all those wonderful pictures of guys wading across rivers with the defenders being floated by logs. Yeah. This is, okay, so for 30 years, I've longed for a Defender 110. I finally got to a point where I, the, the stars started to align. I said, it's time. I'm going for this. Yeah. And I met a guy who is a very well-known guy in the Land Rover community, and ultimately, he found me my car. Nice. 435,000 kilometers. It spent its entire life on a farm in Spain, right-hand drive, uh, excuse me, left-hand drive, bone dry. And I just took possession of it maybe a couple of months ago. Oh, wow. And I just brought it into the shop two days ago to start the restoration of my <laughs> wonderful Land Rover Defender 110. Dream come true time. That's so cool. Goosebump time. You, could, you nailed it. I am so giddy and so excited and so happy that... I finally get to do my truck, my way, 
that I've been dreaming about for all of these years. It's really from a car guy's perspective, you know, this is like th- that moment, right? Oh, yeah. Incredible. Yeah. Well, congratulations. I mean, this is really cool because when you have a dream like that and then you're in the position to work on your own vehicle. Now, are you going to be a little bit like the the cobbler who has children with no shoes? Is your car going to sit in the background and never get to? Or are you going to dedicate some time to this? Because I've been in Bruce Canopus shop and you know about Canopa design and the work that they do. And he has a VW bus. I think it's been in there for five years that his bus, <laughs> but it's been up on the racks and it never really gets touched because all the other clients' cars come first. I'm just, I'm just offering this because you got to dedicate some time to this or it'll never get done. Mark, the cobbler shoes quote is something I use so often. I can't even believe you just said that. I'm <laughs> cracking up over here. In, as a business owner, this is the funniest thing. If you are calm enough in business to dedicate the time to a personal project, you probably don't have the comfort of the cash flow or the, or the, or the, the, the reserves to feel comfortable dedicating the resources to it. Right. If you're busy enough to where the cash flow is there and the money is there and you feel comfortable in dedicating the money, you don't have the time to work on the car. <laughs> the publisher's yeah. always got holes in them. It's I ridiculous. Know. I know. So, yeah, this is a challenge. But, again, a number of factors that have played out where I believe that at least I'm going to get started on her, get a lot of stuff done, yeah. and then we'll see how it plays out day by day as we move forward. There you go. Well, I wish you the best. I can't wait to see that thing when it's done. Well, here's a bit of an introspective for you, Jason. I'm going to get in your head a little bit here. If you woke up tomorrow and you were a vehicle parked in your shop, not what you want to be, but how you perceive yourself as a vehicle. You mentioned you're a truck guy, so maybe you're a truck of some kind. Maybe you're a Defender. What would you be and why? So, you know, I, I will stay truck. And I could easily, easily say Defender 110. But in a way, I will probably go back to Ford Bronco. The classic Bronco, 66 to 77. That was my first dream truck. That was the truck from the Maxell commercials. I've obviously owned one. I learned how to drive six shift, three on the tree, on my Bronco. (laughs) And so I am proud of my truck background. And yes, I get to play with some very expensive and exotic and incredible cars. And I can list and name so many cars that I could be and would love to be, but I'm a truck guy. And like a, like an, I'm a dog guy as well. And I love all dogs. I have, I usually have two or three dogs, but if you put a gun to my head, I'm a Labrador retriever guy (laughs) and Labrador retrievers and a good old truck and get me on a highway or put me off road and get me covered in mud. That's me. And, um, I don't know how to quantify or qualify that as a personality trait, but I guess everyone can imagine from there what that means, right? I love it. Great answer. Well, we're going to enter what I call the last lap, kind of a lightning round here. I'm going to fire off some questions. Have you give me some quick blips of that Ford Bronco throttle? So here we go. I kind of think I know the answer to this, but it'd be interesting how you perceive it. What's one of your personal habits you believe has contributed to your many successes in business? Well, Okay, well, you know, very specifically, I am a list taker, and something as simplistic as that is, I don't really trust my brain to remember anything. So anything that goes on around me, anything that I need to work on, to follow up on, to be attentive to, goes on a list which I regularly update and remove and change so that it creates a certain level of calmness to me. I, I go home at night, and my brain might be rattling, and I write everything down and email to myself, so when I come in the morning... My brain is not dedicated to hoping I remember what I was supposed to do. I'm executing what I'm supposed to be doing. So for me, quite specifically, I'm a list taker, and it helps me clear my brain out, and it helps me organize my thoughts, and it helps me execute an efficient day. Well, you know, there was a guy who used to be quoted as the smartest guy in the world. His name was Albert Einstein. And I remember a quote from him. He said, I write everything down so I don't have to remember it. So Yeah, 
I, I, I didn't even know that. And there you go. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. It's, <laughs> Maybe it's, you forgot that. Right? <laughs> yeah. There you go. Because you didn't write it down. Uh, how about if I could arrange for you to have a drink or a meal with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased? Who would that individual be? Oh, my goodness. That is a really tough question. I don't mean to, to cop out by saying I don't have a particular person because I, I really have such diverse tastes, whereas I would love to meet with some of the original race car drivers or maybe even a race car driver now. But for me, if, if I would almost, if you don't mind, I do it in a quick genre. Okay. I would love to sit down with some of the original forefathers of the automobile. To me, when somebody had that energy, that passion, that foresight to go from a horse carriage to something motorized, to hammer out metal in their barns with their next door neighbor without having any idea of what they were doing and where this could lead in the true face of adventure and adversity, to sit with some of those visionaries, those entrepreneurs, those engineers, those quacks, um, to me would be incredible. When man and machine were figuring things out together before computers, before precedent, before precedent, there was no precedent to what these guys were doing. I, I, that, I, would, I would want a consortium. I want four of those guys together and sit there and talk about how it all came about. Well, you know, it's interesting you mentioned that because the day we're recording this show is June 3rd. Of course, it's twenty, the June 24th, the day the show is going up for you listeners. But I do typically do shows in advance. And my guest on today's show, June 3rd, uh, is a gentleman named Henry Atwood. Well, May. He's a longtime professor and educator who learned after interviewing his mother that his family had the first and only black man in the United States who designed and built cars. And this guy, I'll read real briefly because I don't want to give away the whole story, but I encourage my listeners to go back and listen to Henry's story. You can find it on the website. And he wrote a book about it because this gentleman was a slave. And he ran away from a plantation down south and headed north and ended up in, uh, let's see, a Greenfield. And he started his own buggy, and which became a car manufacturing company before the 1900s. And then his kids took it over after that, and they actually built automobiles. And now you said people that are innovators that didn't know they were going. This gentleman was a slave who ran away. He took his bag of tools because he had learned how to work on buggies in the plantation, went north without maps, had no idea where he was going, was being hunted by slave bounty hunters, made it across a huge river by floating his metal tools on a log and started his own business. And nobody knows about this story. It's just incredible. I encourage my listeners to get their hands on this book by Henry May. It was his great, I think it was his his mother's aunt's brother or something like that. And I forget the, the lineage, but it was in his family. It's a fascinating story about Americans. He, the gentleman was an American, although he was a slave. And he went on to create an automobile business that nobody knows about. So uh, maybe we include him, C.R. Patterson, as part of this uh table of interesting people, but it's a fascinating story. I thought it was appropriate because you brought that up today. You nailed it. Uh, How about a resource? Yeah. Is there a a resource? Oh, actually, let me back up here. I want to first ask you this one. How about automotive advice? Now, this could be advice when it comes to restoring a car because that's what you do. So you've probably seen a lot of people make a few mistakes either when they're restoring a car or buying a car for restoration. What would be a piece of advice you've received about that? Well, 
an interesting bit of advice I received a long, long time ago was from a guy who ran a body shop or collision shop a long, for a long, for many, many years. And he visited with me one of the very first years I was here. And he kind of funnily, kind of like sarcastically said to me, he goes, Jason, I'll give you the best advice I could possibly give you after all of my years of working in the collision industry. The guy who puts up with the most crap wins. <laughs> Now, you know, that comes across very callous. I'm, I'm, I'm much more of a spiritual guy than that. But I, I knew what he meant in context. He was actually a very calm, very methodical kind of guy. Yeah. And basically what he meant was, and this kind of all combines with things we spoke about, it's not like you have to be a tough guy. You don't have to win every single battle, like I already mentioned before. But what it really is is that, unfortunately, business and life can be tough. Yep. And it's far too easy to acquiesce. It's far too easy to say, woe is me, and why is this only happening to me, and everyone else has got it easier, or even if it's just, I don't know if I can keep carrying on. This is really tough. Yeah. Every moment, there's another challenge. And ultimately, it's up to the person to succeed. Everybody's faced with those challenges. But if you can focus in on yourself first, steady your nerves, have a longer view, understand that it's not just you. It's life. It's complicated. We're, we're humans. Humans are flawed. We're creatures. We make mistakes. We do bad things to each other. Don't take it so personally and rise above the mayhem and be a better person than that. Mm. If you can put up with all that crap, you will be successful <laughs> or you will survive. If, if, even if it's not a monetary success, it could be human success. It could be peacefulness. It could say, I've had a rich, incredible life. And maybe there might be some money in there too. So, yeah. so that was remarkable advice. And I never forgot that. And I've always used it in context of laughing about, oh my God, what a day this has been. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know what I'm yeah. saying? And just like, okay, I got to put up with this quote unquote crap and I'll make it through it. And hopefully tomorrow will be better. That's all. Incredibly valuable advice. And I, I what comes to mind of a few friends who've actually been guests here on the show, um, Louis Shefshik, JL, JNL Fabricating, Butch Dennison from Dennison International. These are two guys that I've known for 25 years. They have their own restoration shops. They work on the best stuff. And they're both very calm people in a very not calm business. You know, both of them build race cars. They do trackside services where their clients have spent enormous sums to get these cars built and go to the races. And things break on old race cars all the time. And these two guys, to me, I, I've worked with them. I've been around them. I've been at races with them. They service my vehicles. Um, they're always calm. And I'm just like, how do you stay so calm? And they've said the same thing. Well, you just have to because there's chaos going on all the time. And if you can stay calm and represent, represent that, your people that are working for you will stay calm as well. Phil Riley's another one. Great restoration yep. shop. And that guy's always just at peace. Uh, I don't know what's going on inside of his head, but he seems to always <laughs> right. be, you know, must be a turmoil, but but he keeps it to himself and stays calm. And, and so I really, I'm really happy you shared that with us. Now, how about a resource? Is there a go-to for you? I know there's lots, but maybe one in particular you might want to share. Sure. Well, like you said, we have a Rolodex a mile and a half long. I'm dating myself by saying Rolodex. <laughs> Rolodex, so, yeah. You know, <laughs> Some youngers are going, a Rolo what? <laughs> right. You know, my, my cell phone has a lot of numbers in it. Um, yeah. So, yes, we have suppliers for every single possible contingency you could possibly imagine. Resources around the world. Google Translate has helped an unbelievable amount where we can communicate now with people in different languages which we do regularly. I could tell you one thing which is interesting, which sounds a little bit maybe mundane, but it really is an interesting resource a lot of people don't necessarily immediately realize the power of it. And I'll say eBay. eBay Motors and all of the eclectic, you know, eBay is a remarkably efficient marketplace because there are no boundaries in terms of locale. You know, in the old days, we'd go to swap meets. You have to be in, in Carlisle at that period of time in the rain with rubber boots on to find <laughs> the part you need, right? 
Always. I don't understand how it working, works, but someone knows that when Carlisle happens, it rains. It's just that simple, right? I know. Same with Hershey. So, right. And Turkey Rod Run. And Hershey. Oh, yeah. That's what I meant. Hershey, right? Okay, yeah. yeah. So it's all part of the city. That's what I meant, Hershey. But, uh, um, so eBay breaks those boundaries down. So the resource, and what I mean by that is, at any given moment, and at, when you're trying to find something or trying to understand what is or isn't available, what is unobtainium, as we call it in this, in this world, how difficult the challenge might be, knowing how global the marketplace is of eBay, yeah. if you type in CISPA Ferrari 1962 fuel pump into eBay and <laughs> nothing comes up at all, you know you better start getting Google Translate out and hitting your friends in Italy. But if 17 of them come up and two of them are reproductions and three of them are OEM and one of them is in good condition and one of them is in bad condition, it immediately establishes a playing field by which you can make decisions off of. Okay, there are already reproductions out there. Are the reproductions good quality? Yeah. Oh, there are, o there are OEMs out there. There are NOS ones. Wow, I can't believe there are still NOS ones out there. And now that immediately foments your ability to have a conversation internally and ultimately when you learn more with your clients saying, we have options yeah. or we don't have options. We're going into 3D CAD rapid prototyping or do you want to spend up for OEM or NOS? Do you want to go for a reproduction, understanding the idiosyncrasies of reproduction? Or do you want to find, use and rebuild? And that simple initial search, two seconds, immediate gut check, theoretically sets you off into numerous different paths of what to take. And it's a remarkably efficient way of understanding how complicated some of the parts challenges we face might or might not be. Yeah, it's a brilliant place to go. How about a book you've read? Is there one you'd like to share? Well, not that I, I actually don't do a lot of relaxed reading. Most of my free time, well, first of all, it's with kids and sports and whatnot, sure. um, but it's, it's research. Like I've got to become an expert on the next challenging thing with a car. But Something which just came out, which I just bought in hard copy. I'm not reading this online. I'm reading this with a hard copy book for my summer trip. Is Faster, uh, which is the story of Rene Dreyfus. Yeah. And I was first introduced to him as a New York City guy looking for fun memorabilia to decorate my office and found Le Chanticleer, which is a New York City restaurant founded by Dreyfus yep. and has got a Bugatti emblem on it. And I just thought it was the most fantastic, you know, $100 for an ashtray, which now I smoke cigars out of. And I felt it very charming. A race car guy, a New York City guy. Yeah. I want to have ties back to my hometown. And I felt very special about it. Yeah. You yeah. Know, all of a sudden, now this book is out about this unbelievable story about him and Nazis and car development and racing. And I'm really very much look forward to reading it this summer. I can fill you in on how I liked it later. <laughs> well, you know, you have to let me know. I, it's incredible book. I've read it. I had Neil Bascom, the author on my show a few months ago. I actually gave away about 15 of those books to uh, my listeners through my subscriber list. So you listeners that want to subscribe and get your name in the hat for future giveaways, just go to carsyad.com, click on the free book button. You'll get my filler up book. Not nearly as intricate and cool as faster by neil bascom you're gonna love this book jason it's absolutely brilliant so i look forward to a book report when you get back from your summer vacation awesome. <laughs> homework there you go there <laughs> you go no no pressure dude well listen we're up to the yeah. checkered flag here this last question can be a bit of a doozy i'm gonna buy you a collector card today something very cool it can be anything that you would like but there's some rules to this little game you can't sell it to fund your business or buy a few more books uh, you have to drive it so i want it to be something that you use not a garage queen uh, but here's the kicker it's the only one cool collector car you can have which makes this a bit of a challenge so if it is that bronco all you have to do is send me the repair and restoration bills and i'll just pay those for you that could be the the car of your dreams or maybe there's something else so what can it be 
so I have to preface this by saying that, and, and I said this before, and I will maybe this will be on my epitaph on my tombstone someday when I'm buried in a Bronco, okay? <laughs> Which it says, I always felt about cars the way women feel about shoes. So if you ask the woman at gunpoint, pick your favorite pair of shoes to live the rest of your life in, you're going to end up in a fight. So you're asking me to pick a car to bank my life on, and I'm going to be put into a corner like a badger. So I know. I, I have a, so it's a very, very hard thing, but I could tell you this, and that is, and it's not fair, it's too easy to say, give me my Ford Bronco and I would be at peace, which I will absolutely say. But for the sake of diversity, I would say that if I had one vehicle and to spend the rest of my life with that vehicle and it wasn't or couldn't be a Ford Bronco, it'd be a Porsche 550. And to me, or even, even I can even go simpler and say 911, uh, a, a Speedster, excuse me, um, a three, not a 911, excuse me, a 356 a Speedster. Speedster. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Vintage Porsche iconic shape, the 550 being the dream, the, the, the 356 Cabriolet being the most more approachable of those two objects, to me, and not being a hardcore sports car guy, are some of the most beautifully iconic and designed cars, but much more importantly is the manner in which they feel when you drive them. Yeah. You know, they're like adult go-karts. You steer with your hips. So you really, <laughs> to me, it, it, there's a, you know, God loves triangles. It's, it's man, machine, and mother nature. Yeah. And if a car distances you from the road and your environment, I feel it's letting you down. And when you're in one of those really simplistic vehicles where the top is off and your butt is almost on the ground, you can almost see the concrete or the asphalt as you're driving by, and you feel the energy of the engine, you feel the visceral energy that the, that the car is putting out, to me, it's spiritual. So as long as the vehicle... You must control the vehicle. The vehicle gives you feedback, and you are exposed in some way to the environment around you because mm -hmm. all those three things combined, um, you're in the golden spot. And a, a 550 or, or a 356 or a big rough-and-tumble Bronco with the top removed, <laughs> those are stylistically beautiful and spiritually on cue with how I want my vehicles to behave. Uh, brilliant answer. And you and I must be brothers from another mother because uh, those two cars, the 550 and the Speedster, are some of my favorite for sure. If I had to narrow it down to the best five cars that I would love to own, they, both of those would be on my list. So uh, nicely chosen, my friend. Well, listen, Jason, <laughs> you've taken us on a really great ride today so uplifting so inspirational i've really enjoyed getting to know you better i want to thank you for sharing us sharing with us i should say this journey could you give us one little parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you rip off into the sunset in that let's put you in a porsche 550 well literally man machine mother nature get in your car and drive that yeah. simple. Just yeah. get out there and hit the road. Point yourself to Las Vegas and don't look back. You Absolutely. Know? And bring a good book, too, where you're laying by that pool or that beach or, or wherever. Or, or a nice dog to sit shotgun with you and there just hit you the go. road. Yeah. There's nothing like it when you're on the thousandth mile and your mind starts to be free of the constraints of modern society. Yeah. And it's just you and machine. It's wonderful. Absolutely. Hey, what's the best way for my listeners to keep up with you? Appreciate that. So obviously our website, thecreativeworkshop.com, is our advertising brochure, so to speak, but much more fun. I, am, I do do quite a bit of posting on Instagram, and I really do treat it as a diary of the shop. So we are uh, the, I, I believe it's the underscore creative workshop on Instagram. You can't miss it if you type in the creative workshop. Okay. And some of the things that happen during the day and the events we go to and some of the challenges we face and some of the incredible cars we work on, I post regularly. So it's not self-serving. It's really a diary of who we are and the stuff we get to play with. So I, I welcome people. And we have obviously a sister site on Facebook, but I do most of the posting on Instagram and then Facebook picks it up. So their creative workshop on social and you can follow who we are and the stuff we do. Absolutely. I encourage you listeners to follow this guy, uh, Jason Wenig, W-E-N-I-G, uh, incredible person, incredible 
shop, incredible cars. The triangle of life, as we say, as you so eloquently said, <laughs> uh, is the way to go. Thank you, Jason, to, for being so generous today with your time and expertise and making my day start off in the right way. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thanks, Mark. My pleasure. You're welcome. If you're listening to Cars Yeah, you've probably spent some time working on your favorite ride. But how confident are you working on your finances? You may be able to rebuild a fuel injection system, but can you decipher the details of a mutual fund? If you're like me, investments, insurance, annuities, budgeting, and other financial concepts may seem a bit daunting. But what if I told you there's a book that describes these subjects and more in an easy-to-read and a very humorous way? My friend Chris Kimball, CFP, a longtime sponsor and past guest here on Cars yeah, has written that book, and it's titled The Saga of Ike and Penny, a couple's humorous journey through the confusing world of finance. It's a fun look at things you need to know, everything from investing to effective ways to get rid of credit card debt, and it's probably the only book on finance with a VMAX on the front cover and a classic Mini Cooper on the back. The book's available at Amazon for just $10, and this book will dramatically improve the direction of your financial future. I gave copies to each of my children. All securities are through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Christopher Kimball Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Get your copy, The Saga of Ike and Penny, today. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!